Here is episode 63, and I want to start off with an apology to uh, my very good friend and comedian, Brandon Vestal. Uh, He and I recorded a podcast together a few weeks ago, and uh, it was our first time trying to do the Skype thing. And I realize, guys, (laughs) a lot of you have messaged me, but I realize the audio has not been stellar these past few weeks because I've been trying to figure out how to do the Skype and sometimes my microphone turns on and sometimes it's only recognizing the uh, uh, laptop microphone which is not ideal and uh, (laughs) it hasn't been great but we're working on it we're trying to get it figured out so that we can bring you the best possible product but I want to apologize to Brandon Vestal find him on social media say hi from the Hoffcast even though I cannot air in its current condition, I cannot air our episode because it just doesn't sound great. I'm trying to work with it and trying to figure out how to adjust the settings so that it sounds reasonable. Right now, we just couldn't get... Uh, our microphones weren't great. Our internet was cutting in and out. And it's going to take a lot more work. But I'm hoping just to have him back on the podcast when we when we can do it properly. Uh, but in the meantime, go find him. And uh, trust me, he's very funny. Watch a few of his videos. He had a dry bar special. He's got an album out. Super 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 funny like one of the all-time crushers just go listen to brandon vestal find him hit him up on social media say hey we uh nick uh, dropped you a a little bit of a promo there on the Hoffcast, and that way he feels like he didn't waste his time uh trying to make it work and, and we'll get him on there we'll get him on here because he, he's got a great story to tell uh he was actually on a cruise ship when the whole uh, lockdown started to happen. So he was out to sea an extra couple of days uh, when they weren't sure and they were going from port to port trying to get in. He couldn't get in. He had to do additional shows uh, for people that have already seen his show on the ship. So we talk about some cool things, and I'm going to have him on, hit him up in the meantime, so he doesn't go, well, what the hell did I do for an hour there? Um, but anyway, yes, that's that's the deal. I am recording currently in the Midwest uh, the fam and I, we packed up. We said there's no reason to be in California right now. There are no commercial or television productions and no shows out there. And they just announced, I think, that L.A. is shut down. Uh, the stay-at-home order is going to be through till August. Um, and now if you go outside, you got to wear a mask. So I feel like we got out right under the the time frame of when it was really going to start to suck there. Because you had to wear a mask if you went in somewhere, but we could still ride our bikes out without masks, which I enjoyed. But the second you got to go, you know, you got to go ride a bike with a mask on, tell my four-year-old to do that. Like, that sucks. He already has a hard time, like, hitting the brakes when he's going down a hill. Oh, by the way, uh, I was I, we just taught the four-year-old how to ride a bike. Uh, he had been doing one of those little... Uh, like pedal free bikes where you just use your feet on the ground and it teaches them to balance and it's really cool Uh, and he was doing that great he was keeping up with us so I was like you know what it's time for you to get a bike so we got him a bike perfect time to learn and he was riding around he picked it up right away he was riding around the little cul-de-sac there near where we live and um and and but we like to take this path that goes up a hill and then down two hills and the second one is pretty dang steep so i was like okay we'll give it a shot 
and I said, Sarah, you stay home, you relax. I, I got the kids. We went out, and now I've got I, I've got uh, my oldest is on his bike. He's pretty good, and so I've got now the middle child who's just learning how to do the pedal bike. And then I've got baby, the two-year-old here, sitting in this thing called an Ibert, which is awesome. If you have a kid and you guys like to ride bikes, uh, put them in an Ibert. It's it's this green, like little plastic seat that sits right underneath your handlebars. It's it's amazing, and they can sit there and they can see out, and you can interact with them. It's really cool. So I got her strapped into that, and I got the two boys, and we're going. We go up the first hill, and we're going down. And uh, as the kid's going down, he, his feet slip off the pedals. So he's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. But luckily, I had gone down the hill before him. So now I kickstand my bike with the baby in the Ibert, and I run over, and I, like, grab him before he rolls into the intersection, like, just able to stop the bike. And he's like, ah, oh, you hurt my finger. I'm like, well, okay. It's better than you going into the intersection. But crisis averted. And that's, like, the big hill. So now uh, we, you know, do our loop around, go past his little, his friends' houses. We're waving hello to everybody. It's a great time. And now we got the second hill, which isn't that bad, but it does go right into an intersection. So now I'm going and I'm riding and I'm like, uh, I'm like, hey, Neil, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta keep the brakes on. But the problem is, is he got the the pedals up high and down low, so he's got no torque on it. Like you know how those reverse pedal like brakes, you gotta like have it halfway up, halfway down, so you can really slam on that brake to stop it. But he's got him at at twelve and six, and he can't get him stopped, and he's like freaking out, and he's rolling, he's starting to roll like up next to me, and I'm still riding down the hill, I'm still going at this point. I didn't get down there this time, and he's going, he's like, ah, I can't stop, I can't stop, I can't stop. And I have to do like old Western style horse wrangle where they like rope a calf off of a horse. I have to like just reach down and grab the back of his shirt and just pull him up off of his bike as I'm riding. So I'm like risking like I I might just wipe all three of us out. Just horrible. And by the way, the two year old is going to take the brunt of it. She's up front. Okay, she's the first point of impact. And I reach down and I grab him. I pull him off his bike. His bike goes skidding off to the side. Luckily, it didn't come underneath my bike, cause me to lose my grip. Cause now I only have one hand on a handlebar, which isn't ideal. And I'm going down this hill, so I'm trying to hit the brakes. I have to pull him off. His bike goes skidding, and I like am able to pull him up and stop. And there are these people at the bottom of the hill that were crossing from the other direction. They're just watching the whole thing, horrified. And I make this stop before any cars, before the intersection, and the kid's crying. He's like, you hurt my neck or something like that because I grabbed around it like the shirt near his neck. And, and, and you know, the six-year-old's like laughing. He can't believe what happened. And these people are looking at me like I'm a horrible parent even though I just pulled off this miraculous superhero life-saving maneuver. Like, I was expect when I got to a stop and I set the kid down on his two feet gently, I was half expecting that they were going to applaud like crazy. Like, there was this one time in college where I was walking. It was raining, and I had my umbrella, and I'm walking right next to the road, and there was a bus stop filled with all these people right there waiting for the bus and I'm walking past it and this turd in his car turns the corner sees there's a puddle right next to the walkway and he like juices it and just splashes and this tidal wave is coming up over me 
like just ready to just absolutely soak me. And this guy did it on purpose. I saw him speed up. And then once I saw the puddle and I saw him, I knew exactly what he was doing. And this freaking wave of water comes rushing over the top of me. And like without even like taking a beat, I just took the umbrella and I pointed it at the wave and I diverted all the water. I ended up like completely dry and everybody at the bus stop starts applauding like yes one for the good guys like none of us are driving that guy's an asshole who's riding around like that how dare he do that to one of our walkers and i i completely like deflected all the water and they applauded that's the right that's how you're supposed to react when somebody does something amazing these people at the bottom just like mouths agape just kind of shaking their head like i can't believe you would take that innocent child on that hill okay well listen (laughs) he's got to learn at some point and i saved him didn't i like okay yeah i may have put him in imminent danger but i also got him out of it so give me a little credit where credit is due I, I don't think I'm out of line by saying that I am Superman. I, 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 you know, the kids, they look at me like I'm Superman, and it is true because I saved their lives on the daily. I tried that joke on stage one time, and it did not work, so screw everyone. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't know where I was going with any of this except for that we are now in the Midwest. We took off. And we were like, you know what? We're not going to stop. We're going to like just ride it in the car. The kids can sleep in their car seats. Let's just go as long as we can. We need to pull over to sleep. We will. So we take off midday and uh, we go. We go a little way down the road. We'll get dinner. The kids are excited. We're going on a road trip. Yay. Everything's new and and neat. And um, and, you know, we we bought one of these little uh, portable toilets one of these tiny little like little kickstand toilets that come out and you crap into a bag so that we wouldn't have to go in anywhere. Our plan was just, okay, we need gas. I'm just going to gas up at the pumps. I'm going to sanitize and we'll go about our merry way. And, you know, the boys can pee outside. They can pee on the side of the road or whatever. I can do the same. And, um, and then if you need to take a dump, the kids can just squat on that little thing. And it worked wonders. You guys, I don't. I've was always grossed out by these. This one's cool because the the bag that you uh, put in it, we buy these separate bags that go with the toilet seat, and they like wrap around it, so the toilet feels like it never gets touched. And then the bag, you like pull it out of these little uh, jabbers that you poke it into. You pull it out of there and just tie it, throw it away right there at the gas station. And so the kid, <laughs> the first one to do it, the the middle boy, he, he's just crapping in between our car and the gas pump. It's like 11 o'clock at night, and he's just taking a dump right there. It's like, who cares? Nobody's out. Um, he thought it was funny. Um, and it worked wonders, and I didn't have to go in it. Uh, he went twice in it. Uh, the oldest boy didn't go. The little girl's still in her diaper, so that works. But mom, mom also pooped in it, and she said it was amazing. She's like, it's like, like a squatty potty, like a deep squat, and you just go. And I think she did that somewhere in the middle of the Colorado Rockies. So it worked out, and we didn't have to stop hardly at all. But, uh, you know, I kind of had – we took off later, so, I, you know, I was going, let's see how far we can get. The kids were sleeping, so I was like, let's just roll. Just put my headphones in, listen to a podcast, I'm just rolling down the road. And then it's about it's about 1.30 or 2 in the morning. We're somewhere in Utah and I look at the distance to empty, and I realize, okay, we're about 85 miles till, till we're empty, okay? We'll, we'll find something. 
and I'm looking, I'm like, okay, it's time, you know, once the next one that comes up, the next gas station comes up, I'll make a stop and we'll, we'll get out there. And, and, uh, and then all of a sudden it's 65 and then it's 55 miles to empty. And then like almost in a blink, maybe in like a three mile period, it goes from 55 to 43 in like three miles. I'm like, okay. And this is, this is like one thirty or two in the morning. I don't have cell service, so I can't like look up find nearest gas station. You you know you start to depend on this technology, and then all of a sudden it fails you. It's like Jurassic Park. Like I didn't have enough respect for those fences, and they're out now. And Tim and Lex are out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I so I couldn't look anything up, and everybody's sleeping. I don't want to like wake Sarah and like just let everybody sleep. And it's forty three miles to empty. And all of a sudden it's thirty nine, and we're kind of going up and down hills. Like in, in Utah, there's some like they're not quite mountains, but there's definite hills and everything's dark. It's pitch black. And then with 33 miles till empty, I see an exit that has a little gas symbol pull over. I see it there, but there's no emblem like no Texaco, no Shell, no Phillips 66. None of that. It just has the very generic gas symbol and it's and it has an arrow to the left. And it says 12 miles. And now it's a little two-lane highway for 12 miles in pitch black in BFE, Utah. And uh, <laughs> and everybody's sleeping. And I got 33 miles to play with. And that's if, that is if the DTE, distance to empty, uh, thing is accurate, okay? In my other car, I have run out of gas when it's uh, multiple times when it said I still had room to go. Like one time it was like in the 20s or 30s, I had 30 or some miles to go and it ran out of gas. So I'm like, this might happen at any second, especially when you're going up and down hills. I think that's why it was jumping so much because I think when, you know, the gas tank is like tilted back or something, it thinks you have more because it's reading more. I don't know what it is, but it was jumping all over the place. I was like, I don't even know at all how much gas I actually have. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a risk and trust this sign <laughs> that I don't even know if this the gas station still exists, but I'm going to take this 12 miles. And now I'm going, and I like look at the odometer, and I'm like, okay, 12 miles, here we go. And now I'm going down this two-lane highway, and there are no cars on the road. So I'm saying, okay, if we run out of gas, I pull over. I am at the mercy of whoever travels this road next that's willing to stop in the middle of a pandemic at 2 in the morning. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking nobody's going to stop except for the person that's going to stop and take everything I have. Take my wife, take my kids, take my life. That's it. Gone done take my squatty potty they're gonna be dumping you know the body straight down my squatty potty and uh and i go and i'm driving and the, the miles are ticking down you know 11 10 9 you know d getting to the 12 miles and then all of a sudden i see uh uh, 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 like a sign that says, okay, it's six miles to this little town. It's something's time, you know, it, I, it bare, I'm surprised it had a sign that said this town is coming up in six miles. Cause I get there and you don't even realize that you're really in a town, like except for the, uh, miles per hour drop down to 45. Other than that, you're like, I don't know, I guess there's a couple of buildings, but that's it. And I'm like, oh no, there's this gas station has been out of business for 30 years. They failed to change the sign. And this is how we die right here in Utah. We never should have come this way. And then all of a sudden there it is. Oh, barely lit up. 
like almost drove past it, but barely lit up this place. I think it's called Randy's uh, gas station. It's got a single pump right there. And I pull up and it says 24 hour credit card service. I was like, thank God. And I get out and I dip the credit card. Boop, boop, goes through, select the grade. Guess what? Thank you, Lord. I'm putting premium in the tank, okay? Yeah, this is a 2007 uh, minivan, but I'm I'm pumping her full of premium right now. I'm so thankful. I will pay the extra 10 cents. Doop, doop. Ooh, baby, yeah, take that premium gasoline, and I fill her all the way up, and I get in. I'm so happy, and... And Sarah kind of wakes up. She's like, what's going on? I was like, oh, we almost ran out of the gas. We are off the beaten path right now, my friend. She goes, okay, maybe we should just sleep here. But the whole time I was filling up, it was so dark in this place. The whole time I was filling up, I was like looking over my shoulder, not only for like treacherous human beings, but it was so dark. I was like looking over my shoulder for werewolves, okay? (laughs) I was looking for critters of every kind. I was like, of course, they're just waiting for the one tourist that comes you know, every third day that they can just pick off and then they can eat for that week. So I'm just like looking over my shoulder at this Randy's gas station, pumping her full. And then I get in and Sarah goes, do you just want to, do you just want to sleep here? We can just take it easy and you can get out of there and sleep. And I go, no, I do not want to sleep here. I don't trust this place. It looks like whoever comes in here doesn't leave. So let's get out as soon as possible. I drive so fast back to the freeway and I go up. Oh, I forgot to tell you, when I got off the freeway, it said 12 miles this way. And it had also had a sign that says next services in the direction I was heading uh, east on I-70. It said next services 70 miles. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to make that. So I only had to trust the 12 miles and, and go left. But thankfully, we got gasoline. Boom. And now I, w- I got to be honest, I was getting tired. I was thinking, OK, it's time to find a place to stop here. But uh, but after that happened, I had so much adrenaline running through my body in fear that I was going to have to fight off or a would fight off a would be attacker in the middle of Utah that uh, my adrenaline was pumping, my heart was going. I was like, okay, I'm good. And I drove for like an additional two hours down the road before I stopped and and got a little shut-eye. I guess I was just, I was so amped up. I was so thankful that we found that one Randy's gas station. If I'm ever back in that area, I'm going to turn off, go the 12 miles, go to Randy and be like, are you Randy? Like, it's the kind of place where only Randy works, I'm certain. So I'm just going to go up to the clerk, look at that guy. He's going to be like, you know, 62 years old. He's got a he's got a farming cap. No, I picture him in like a train conductor cap and overalls. I'm gonna say, "Hey, are you Randy?" He's gonna be like, "Yeah, what can I do you for?" And I'm gonna be like, "Thank you for installing the 24-hour pumps. Thank you, Randy, for paying the extra money to allow the credit card dipper in this tiny town. I owe you a coke." And I'm going to buy Randy uh, a 20-ounce bo- a bottle of Coke. You know what? If he wants a 2-liter, I'll spring for the 2-liter, too. Whatever Randy wants, man. If he if he wants a pack of Werther's Originals, I'm going to get them for Randy. And I'm going to say, there you go, my friend. Thank you. I, I owe you big time. 
because we made it. We made it to the Midwest. Took, I think, 26 hours out of a 20-hour drive time. So we made it in pretty darn good time. The kids were troopers. Although those last two hours, they were kind of like, this is the worst day of my life. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, but now we're here. Kids are running around. They're able to hang out with their cousins. Everybody's being very careful with the quarantine. But you gotta, at some point, you got to open up your little bubble, right? At some point... The, the easing has to also apply to your family life. And you say, okay, are you guys being safe? Yeah, we're being safe. Okay, we're going to open it up a little bit, like little by little, so that you kind of gradually increase your circle until eventually you we're back to normal. I think that's the way it's got to happen. Um, and I, I don't have any shows uh, on the books that I believe will happen, you guys. I still have a weekend in Detroit uh, coming up in June. And I maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But I don't even even if that club calls and says, "Yeah, we're going to be open at thirty percent capacity." Like some of the clubs are doing that; they're opening at partial capacity and they're posting pictures of how their showroom looks and everybody's you know sitting apart. It just doesn't look right. And I gotta say, even if they tell me like, "Yeah, we're opening, please come do it," I don't know that I feel like putting my audience through that. Like, uh, this is part of what makes me a bad... I think the better you are as a human being, the worse you are as a businessman. Now, that is a very broad, sweeping statement that doesn't apply to every situation, but I think it definitely does this because I don't want to put an audience that's coming there to enjoy, I don't want to put them through that, like, worry, are they going to get sick? Even if they're not scared of it, and even if they're going to go to that comedy club anyway, I maybe don't know how I feel about being a part of that, you know? Like, people are laughing, uh, you know, spit is coming out of their mouth. Like, even if you're social distance, like, yeah, it hangs out there. Um, so I just don't know if I'm going to be doing any shows until they come up with some kind of cure or vaccine. And not not because I'm worried about my safety. I'm really not. Like, these clubs that are posting pictures, they look the distance looks pretty good. Like, and I'm not, you know, I'm a fairly young, healthy individual. I'm not necessarily concerned for myself, although I don't want to open it up to grandparents, things like that. Um, but I just don't know that I want to put an audience through that. that. That doesn't seem like the essence of what I'm trying to do with the fun. I'm, the, the, the good time I'm trying to bring about, like, how... How much would that be ruined if somebody got sick in my audience? If I found out like a couple weeks after doing a show that like, yeah, one of those people, they may have gotten sick at your show. How bad would you feel? And you're like, well, don't you need the money? No, you know, yes and no, right? Like that's that's the constant fear. Like I, I'm lucky enough that, uh, you know, my wife and I have been smart with our money. We had an emergency fund. Uh, for those of you who are struggling with debt, like things like that, there's a guy named Dave Ramsey, who this will be Hoff recommends for this week. Uh, Dave Ramsey, and it, he's a Christian-based guy, but you don't have to be Christian to take his advice because it works regardless. And he does this thing, Debt Snowball, and it's all psychological and like just very pragmatic things used to get you out of debt. And we did that back in 2010. We were able to get out of uh, out of student loan debt and all that stuff and just work on our savings then. So we had a, an emergency fund in place for things like this or, or, oh, dad broke his leg and now he can't work or mom gets sick and she can't work. Whatever it is, you got that emergency fund. So we had that in place and I'm lucky enough that I still have one-third of my income coming in from residuals from things, uh, radio play, album sales, 
um, which I love that you guys uh, continue to support my album, listening to it on Spotify, on Pandora, ordering it on iTunes or for my website. All that stuff helps me because that's the third of my income that uh, has kept going and like residuals from Sirius XM. Um, that's the third that's kept going. My live performance is a third that's out the window. And like my television commercials are out the window cause nothing's going into production. So that's the other third, but I'm lucky that we can shrink our expenses. You know, we're not going out to eat. We're not spending money on things we don't need, you know, buying clothes that we just want things we don't need. So, uh, luckily we just get things down to a minimum and hopefully between my one third and some of our emergency funds, we're able to make it. And so you look at, do I need the money? No. Yeah. Like if this thing continues, I'm going to need to take that, some of that money because you got to build up for retirement. You got to save for uh, kids college, although colleges probably won't exist <laughs> at the end of this. Um, this is what makes me a bad businessman is that, and, and they got those small business loans that the government was giving out uh, to people during this. And my parents were like encouraging me to apply for that. And a lot of people were applying for that. And I'm a little conflicted about it because you look at it and you say, well, this is for if I take it like it's a limited resource. Right. And if I take it, maybe somebody that really needs it won't get it. And so you look at it and you go, yeah, I kind of it would be nice to have. It'd be nice to have that extra backstop, get a little something extra in the bank so that we're not so worried. And maybe we can have a few niceties. But at what cost? At what cost to the guy who all of a sudden now can't feed his kid or his kid gets sick and he's worried about taking him to the doctor because he doesn't have the money to pay for the bills. And, and yet I did it so that, you know, I could have extra cheese at home. Like, is that really the way it is or is so that I could fully fund my retirement? Like, I've got time to make up for th this is why, you know, when they tell you with investing, when you're young, you can be in riskier investments, you can be in the stock market. And as you get older, you kind of pull back to bonds to, you know, so that you're not risky with that money, because you don't have the time to make it up. But I'm at that point in my career, I've got still another 30 years plus, I don't want to ever stop working. Like I love stand up comedy, I don't want to ever stop doing it. If I'm able to work, I want to work. And so I've got this huge timeline that I can still like make up for it. So I feel conflicted applying for something like that. And some people might say, well, you're just being stupid. Like that's bad business. And yeah, it might be. But there is, you know, there's a financial intelligence spectrum that we live on, right? And some people are really good with their money and some people are miserly with their money. And that's that's that thing I said about like, you know, good businessmen, are they good people? You know, you look at somebody like Jeff Bezos and you might say, well, that person, what a great businessman. He's worth, you know, X and X hundred billion dollars. You say, okay, but how many employees does he have that, you know, can't afford health insurance? How many employees does he have that can't send their kids you know, to the doctor when they need to, like, does that make you a good businessman? If you're bad to the people around you, the bad to the people who work for you? Like, I can't really justify anybody making more than $5 million a year when they have an employee under them that makes less than 100000 Like, I, I have a hard time coming to grips with that, right? Like, you don't need more than $5 million to live. Like, yeah, if your expenses are huge, but maybe you need to pull back on those expenses and make, you know, $5 million a year, you could retire on $5 million. It may not be the the dream retirement that you had envisioned, private jets going from, you know, private island to private island and owning five homes, but, 
nobody really needs that. Part of the problem that we're in here is that greed is causing, you know, all of these rifts amongst humanity, especially here in America. The the wage disparity is incredible. And you're like, well, why? Why should that be? And I'm not. Guys, stop right now before you start rolling your eyes and thinking this socialist a-holes off his rocker. I'm, I'm not a socialist. I am a capitalist, but I believe in, in fair capitalism. And it feels like we've all walked into a monopoly game that's been going on you know, for five hours and all of a sudden you're left trying to buy something, but everybody's got hotels on every property and you just keep losing money along the way. You got to pay these exorbitant rents and you just started the game. Like it, it, it just doesn't seem like there needs to be some modification to it. Otherwise, I mean, eventually, eventually, if this continues, especially with this pandemic, people are going to start to get desperate. People are going to start to lose their minds that so many people have so much and so many have so little. And uh, I mean, that's 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 why mutinies happen. Okay, they don't like that the captain has his own room and the rest of us have to sleep together in bunk beds and eat eat gruel in the hull while you're up there, you know, sipping on champagne and caviar. Okay, at some point, people are going to be like, you know what, we're doing a lot of work down here too. It's got to be a little more fair. So I just and and, and so that's where I sit. I I feel like I sit somewhere in the middle of the financial intelligence spectrum where I feel kind of bad about certain things. Um, and I, you know, I'm a bad negotiator when it comes to that kind of thing. But then you got the dumb people, the dumb people that, you know, don't have a cent to their name yet. They're, they're buying drinks at the bar and you're like, well, that's, you have such a kind heart, but such a stupid moron idiot brain <laughs> where you're spending the money you don't have. Yeah. I'll go into credit card debt to buy a round for all my mates. Well, not a great idea. <laughs> okay. So I agree. We got people all over on the spectrum. And I feel like I sit somewhere in the middle towards the dumb side because I let my emotions affect me a lot. But I don't think that's a bad thing. It may be a bad thing for me and my family. Like one day we might run out of money and it's because I wasn't able to negotiate the way that I, I should have. Or because I didn't take advantage of a government program that was meant to help me and my family. Maybe maybe I'm being a little bit of a dumb-dumb. But I just I had a hard time... Uh, you know, applying for um, uh, unemployment. I had a hard time just justifying any of that. I'm like, if you don't need it, should you take it? And I guess there's lots of arguments out there. I, I just, I dragged my heels long enough that uh, the decision was made for me and they ran out of money. So <laughs> it didn't even matter. Uh, but we're still, we're still scraping by here and uh, feeling, feeling pretty good to be in the Midwest, have a little more freedom and a little more uh, space to run around. The kids get to run around in the backyard, and they don't have to wear a mask. So that's good. And so this is where uh, we may be spending the end of days. <laughs> I don't, people say, how long are you in town for? I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, There's no reason for us to be in California right now. Um, so we might as well be hanging out with family and spending the time here. This is a great place to be. I love the Midwest. I love California, too, but I, I grew up here in the Midwest, so it's good to be, you know, kind of feel like a kid again and and as things start to warm up, you know, you can play at the lake, things like that. I've wa the kids had a fight with the hose yesterday. I mean, that's, that's just fun summer hijinks that we couldn't have done out in California. So I'm happy to be here, and I'm still, you know, staying busy with the podcast, cranking them out every week. I, I'm glad you guys have been listening. 
Hope you're enjoying it. I'm still going to have some guests on. I'm going to work out these technical kinks. And um, maybe I'll get to interview some people here in the Midwest that I've been uh, I've been meaning to get to and have fun there. And, and I've got some video projects, writing a lot of scripts. Maybe I'll just shoot one. Maybe I'll just shoot one of these scripts, just, you know, rudimentarily, just get some, you know, get some uh, amateur actors here like like I did when I was high school and and just put something together just for fun just to post for you guys posting lots of stand up on my Instagram, Facebook, uh Twitter so you know stay on the lookout for that whenever you see me post something please you know give it a like and a comment that helps get the ball rolling helps open it up to other people in my feed that are already in my feed uh, you know Facebook will like condense it down if you if you post something it only shows like 13% of the people that follow you, your stuff, unless it starts to gain traction. So give it a like, give it a subscribe, uh, you know, just like that. Give this podcast, uh, a f- you know, subscribe to it and, and give it a comment, uh, post it somewhere, share it with someone. Everything helps. I love you guys. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. Stay safe. Keep laughing in the face of ultimate doom. Doom. Bip.